We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. LeBron James, a shot in history. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com. We're home for everything Lakers. The Lakers are still celebrating their in-season tournament championship victory, beating the Indiana Pacers by a final score of 123 to 109. We're going to be uh, on this show. We're going to do the leftover Super Chats from our post-game show the other night. And we're also going to start this thing off with – my, my kind of just overall thoughts. We're 23 games into the season now. And I want to talk about this team in terms of just the potential of this team in general. The Lakers, we, we've seen them in the last four games. Technically, the Pacers game doesn't count towards any of the stats or any of the standings or things like that. But I, I think we're starting to get a really, really good idea and a good picture of what this Lakers team can be. So we're going to dive into that. Um, but first, before we get out into all that, quick reminder, please do subscribe right here to the Lakers Station YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. Go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you send in your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and review. It's a great way to help out the show. But let, let's dive in here. And this Lakers team has so much potential. So back in July, or maybe it was uh, maybe not July, but back in back in September for sure, right? When I made I was making the rounds and making my my, my preseason predictions for the season. Uh, my my NBA champion, what biased or not, was the Lakers. That was my pick. I thought LeBron James getting healthy, a, a healthy Anthony Davis, seeing the continued progression and growth from Austin Reeves and and D'Lo with the full summer, getting these guys back. I, I said that I think this team going championship, but I think this team has the potential to be a little bit better than anybody thought they were, right? Because back in the summer, I wasn't, and I don't think anybody, and if you are, I think you're lying, but I don't think anybody anticipated for Cam Rush to come in here and be this guy, right? So, and we've kind of gotten to see this larger part, I think, to the Cam, uh, to the Jared Vanderbilt injury, to the Gabe Vincent injury, that, the larger part has allowed Cam to really step up into this role and, and really shine, right? He's not shooting the ball great. He's only shooting 31.4% from three, 41% from the floor, rounding up to get there on the season. But Cam Reddish, and the fact that this Lakers team is way more versatile, 
right, just allows for them to be an even potentially better defensive team than they were last year. And I thought they were a great defense last year. Right now on the season, Lakers are the seventh best defense in basketball in terms of defense rating. You go back to the last 10 games, and the top two teams in defensive rating are the Minnesota Timberwolves at 106.7 and the Lakers at 107.4. They are one of only four teams in the NBA that have a defensive rating below 110, and the Lakers' net rating, and that's in the last 10 games, is five, which would be good for the seventh best in the league. Right. So the Lakers, they've really ramped up defensively. The offense is starting to find its way. And on the season, I want to say they're 22nd in offensive rating. Now the offense is actually still 22nd, right? But they have the second best defense to go along with that, right? They're rebounding the ball at a lot better rate. They're second in defensive rebounding percentage in the last 10 games. They're still bottom five in turnover percentage. But offensively, they're actually 18th in effective field goal percentage, right? And True shooting 17th and true shooting percentage. But you, you there isn't a team out west right now that really scares me, right? It, it, I mean, I guess still Denver, right? Because Denver has the uh the insane you know stuff with Jokic and Murray. And I think one, you're gonna need Jamal Murray to not be this unstoppable scorer come playoff time. That that is a Big key, really, for anybody, right? Because I don't know if you can really stop Jokic. Jamal Murray becoming this insanely, you know, unguardable shot creator really just pushes that team kind of over the top, right? But Phoenix is to scare me, right? I mean, imagine going in a game, going from, hey, saying, uh, Cam Reddish, if I'm if I'm facing the, the Pacers, if, especially if I'm facing a team that's one superstar, right? So, like, Let's say we're facing the Kings and we're healthy, right? Or one perimeter star, one perimeter superstar. Hey, guess what? De'Aaron Fox, you're going to face Cam Reddish for 60% of the game, okay? Oh, okay, cool. So that means for the other 40% of the game, I get a break, right? Or if I get Cam Reddish in foul trouble, I get a break. Nope, you get Jared Vanderbilt, who might actually be the better defender out of the two for the other 40% of the game, right? And the only reason why it's only 40% because Vanderbilt isn't starting. Or if I'm facing Golden State, hey, guess what, Steph? You get Cam Reddish for 50%. The other 50%, it's Bando, right? And you combine all that, or hey, look, we have Max Christie. We have Rui, who's been fine defensively. You have LeBron, who's still very more than capable of, of locking up defensively. And you add all that stuff in, I don't think this is the, the 22nd best offense in the NBA. Their ball screen attack continues to improve. As a matter of fact, I don't have the data up in front of me, but last night's game against the Pacers was one of the better ball screen games of the season for the Lakers. If you look at the end season, the end, the end season tournament is as a whole for the Lakers, uh, or just last night as a whole, pulling up the data on my end really quickly. The Lakers, their ball screen offense in the first half, it was insanely efficient. At, I want to say one point won three points per possession for the game actually dropped a lot it, it only it ends up with nine points per possession 1.045 they had a really bad third quarter that ultimately dropped it down but the lakers team they're starting to figure some things out offensively it's basically the point i was trying to get at and healthy lebron healthy ad ad is the best defensive player on the planet just his versatility his ability to just be an eater of worlds and he just shuts down offenses, 
I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. He just shuts down elite offenses. We saw it in the playoffs. We saw it last night. We've seen it throughout the duration of the season, right? And, I mean, the Lakers held the number one ball screen offense in the league to one of their most least efficient performances of the season. Larger part is Vanthy Davis, Jared Vanderbilt, and Cam Reddish. So, this Lakers team, I think, is only scratching the surface. D'Lo and Austin are kind of playing this, you know, your turn, my turn thing in terms of their consistency. Where one game, Austin's really, really good. The next game, D'Lo's really good. We haven't had this game, in my opinion, yet where they're both equally good at the same time. Like, Austin was clearly the better player last night. That's not, the, that's not even a knock towards D'Lo. But they're combining for 30 points a game together, Right. On the season, Austin's at 14, 5 and 5 on 47% shooting. Dilo's at 16, 3 and 6 on, or 17 rounding up on 48% shooting. For the month of December, Austin's averaging 18 and 5. Dilo's averaging 11, right? So we need to see these guys get on the same page and play it well together in the same game because that's just something else that's going to just take the top off for this Lakers team. And and really make this Lakers team kind of unfair. Braun and AD are getting their, their their stuff together. Rui is a guy that's more than capable of scoring the ball himself. Gabe Vince is not even healthy. Gabe Vince is not a 7% three-point shooter either. Let's go, man. I, I think this is a big run. And the Lakers have all the opportunity in the world to extend this momentum where they have Dallas, likely without Kyrie on Tuesday. Then they have uh, San Antonio back-to-back, New York at home, and then Chicago on the road, a bad Chicago team. So the Lakers have all the opportunity in the, road to go, in the world to go on a five-game win streak. And in the regular season, make it an eight-game win streak in nine of the last ten games. Let's freaking go, man. We are here. Stay healthy. And the, the Lakers have, have a run in them, I think. And I said on the post-post game show, or the post-game show the other night, that wasn't the only championship the Lakers are winning this season. I meant it. All right, let's get into some of these Super Chats, answering some of the rest of you guys' questions from that game. Very exciting game against the Indiana Pacers. Stars things off. Teddy said, should the end-season tournament results matter at all for regular season MVP consideration? Uh, I'm going to say... Yes. And the reason why I say yet, yeah, wait, it, the results, no. The results themselves, I think the play matters. Like LeBron's performance in the end season tournament is one of the reasons why he won the end season tournament MVP. And the end season tournament counts as regular season play, technically. So, yeah, it should. The results, like, should the Lakers winning the tournament necessarily affect LeBron or somebody else's ability to win the, the award? No, not really. But. Um, I, I think if you played well in the tournament, you deserve it. Like LeBron in the month of December, month of December, he's averaging 26, uh, six and nine on 52% from the field, 50% from three, 79% from the line. I'm trying to find his in-season tournament stats. I don't think uh, ESPN has those listed separately, which is super annoying, but LeBron was dominant. And he was very clearly the best player in the tournament. And I would argue LeBron is still a top five player. If you want to argue if it's five through two, I really don't care, right? But the fact that LeBron James is still playing at a top five level, and he's about to be 39 in 20 days at the time of this recording, is 
absolutely absurd. The jumper is back. The three-point jumper at least is back. The midi hasn't been completely there yet, which is a little bit surprising, but he's up He's up to 41% from three in the year, man. Let's go. The pull-up three is even back now. I, I think he's been phenomenal. And then Anthony Davis even, right? I mean, he just had one of the best individual games out of any NBA player this entire season. That's the best duo in basketball. Uh, Brad V, gifted a Lakers Nation membership. Appreciate you, Brad. And the Lakers Nation, it's a great time to plug the LakersNation.com membership program where you can get exclusive access and, and you know perks to some of our uh, great benefits, like where you can get access to our weekly previews where we kind of go do mini scouting reports to look at the upcoming Laker matchups. You guys can get exclusive access to our uh, members-only live streams where you guys have the opportunity of even coming on the stream with us while we are recording and live on air. So all that stuff and more over at LakerStation.com membership program. You guys also get to chip in on some of the ideas for the show. So great opportunity there to uh, to contribute and, and get some cool perks. Uh, Teddy also says, the Lakers have the best depth, but what is good depth if Ham doesn't utilize the most optimum lineup? P.S. Where is Christian Wood? So the Lakers recently have really dived into being super versatile schematically defensively, right? And who screams more versatility defensively? That is Jackson Hayes. And in the past few games where the Lakers have said, you know what, we're going to hedge a lot more. We're going to switch a lot more. We're going to blitz ball screens a lot more. And they've kind of traded defense for offense a little bit more. Going back to that Phoenix game, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Where they just say, we are going to hedge and blitz the hell out of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, and it worked. They kind of had a very similar idea with, with uh, CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram against the New Orleans Pelicans, where only Zion scored more than 10 points in that game for their starters. So you held the Pelicans team, which is starting to kind of find their groove a little bit now that everybody's starting to get back healthy. You held that team to 89 points in four quarters in the last three quarters because you were down one at the end of the first. You held that team to 60, I'm sorry, to 59 points in three quarters, right? And then last night against Indiana, Jackson A's didn't play a ton last night, right? So it's not like we're talking about 20 minutes not being played. But I think Jackson A's does provide you a little bit more versatility defensively because he can switch out on the perimeter. He's a really good hedge big. He's a lot better as a hedge or a switch guy, basically as a mobile big, than he is as a drop coverage big, right? Where I think that the Lakers essentially, I think they should at least only be running drop coverage if Anthony Davis is the big, or that should only be on the bingo card if Anthony Davis is the big, because this team is just such a better fit defensively when they aren't hedging and they're, uh, they're switching or, they're hedging. I'm sorry, but they aren't playing drop. They're switching or hedging or trapping. Um, and also, Christian Wood just hasn't really played well. The three-point shot, I haven't really had any confidence in it all season long, personally. Like, I just don't feel good about any of the shots he had taken from three. In the month of November, Christian Wood averaged seven points a game, only six rebounds a game, and 21 minutes of action, and shot 25% from three, right? Now... I think Christian Wood had some really good games in there, like at the Utah game where he had 16 and 8, double double in, in the in season tournament against Portland, had 12 and 9 against Detroit, had 12, hit three threes against the Heat, had a double double to start off the month. So 
do I think all is lost for Christian Wood? No, I think he's going to find his way at some point back into the rotation, whether it's via injury or just opportunity, right? But the fact that he's kept high spirits and continue to be a great leader and great locker room guy has been fun to see. And Trickster says, basically agrees with what I said. This team is real. We have so much potential. I think they're just scratching the surface. Again, they hit two threes last night. And they won by 15 points, like 14 points. Granted, they only took 13 because they were making such a big emphasis on getting to the rim. But, oh, my gosh. Imagine this team takes threes. And, I, again, I just don't – I refuse to believe that Gabe Vince is a 7% three-point shooter. I refuse to believe Austin Reeves is a 31% three-point shooter. I refuse to believe that Max is a 31% three-point shooter, et cetera, et cetera, man. Torian's starting to get together. So, yeah, this team has real potential. Coley says, loves how they played today. Reminded me how we played during the bubble year. Controlled the boards and attacked the paint and only taking open threes. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a, a, a tweet or somebody was in my mentions during halftime saying, because I, I had said it was great process from the Lakers in the first half on both ends of the floor. And they were like, great process, huh? The Lakers only took two threes in the first half or something like that. And how, how is that great process in the modern day NBA? I've said, that's great process because the Lakers – we're just exploiting the Pacers' biggest weakness defensively is they can't protect the paint. They can't guard the rim. And they continue to the second half. They just abused the paint in that game. They scored 84 points in the paint that game against the Pacers. 84 points. Who needs to hit threes when you score 80, 86 points in the paint? Excuse me. Who needs to score threes when you score 86 points in the paint? The Lakers score nearly more points in the paint against the Pacers than the Pelicans scored on them in a full game. Like point, I mean paint points and re and like everything. The Lakers score more, almost score more points in the paint in one game than the NBA team scored in an entire game for in, in, in their entire offense. That's ridiculously impressive, right? And they couldn't guard Anthony Davis. They couldn't guard Braun. I thought Braun still missed maybe a layup or two. Austin was getting in his bag. There was nothing they could do to guard Austin. D'Lo even got to the rim. So, yeah, this was just great smash mouth basketball. And you know, you know, the Lakers came in with the with the point of emphasis because Torian Prince only took two threes. LeBron only took one three, and LeBron's kind of been jacking them up, and for good reason, right? He's been a good three point shooter this year. Uh, D'Lo only took three. Uh, Ruby didn't take any. Austin only took three. Max only took one because that's how much of a point of emphasis there was on getting to the rim. And I mean, just kudos to this Lakers team for absolutely exploiting the Pacers. And what a freaking game plan by Darvin Ham and his coaching staff and great execution. And as long as the Lakers don't get a awful matchup again, I, the only matchup I'm really semi nervous for is New Orleans. I mean, excuse me, is Denver, right? I think this coaching staff is going to be able to game plan their butts off and have a really good game plan and, and win a series and get back to winning championships. Uh, Valkyrie sends the super chat. Appreciate it. Hamza says, Cam Rush is great. Rui looking rough since the injury. I don't really know why Rui's minutes were cut so short that game. I wasn't really complaining either. I think there was a clear group that made sense. For, for that game, I mean, the thing for Rui is that the shot just isn't really falling right now. He's only shooting 28% from three. Since coming back from the injury, they suffered in that Dallas game a little over a week ago. But 
he was good against New Orleans. He was pretty solid against Phoenix. I think I even said he deserves consideration to close that game against Phoenix. And then, I mean, he got in foul trouble early against Indiana, but outside of that, I thought he was fine. They just didn't go back to him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Rui's been fine. Valkyrie said, was so scared when LeBron went down with the knee. Yes. Oh, my gosh. LeBron, don't you ever scare us like that again. Mike says, the refs kept the Pacers in the game for giving them so many free throws. Master lock them. So, Mike says, master lock the referees. I definitely think it was a little bit strange, some of the whistles. Like, they called everything in the first half. It was kind of ridiculous, right, that the Lakers, who are notorious for being the best, one of the best, teams in the NBA defending without fouling just all of a sudden get, gives up 34 or 36 free throws in a game to the Pacers who are fine at getting to, to the free throw line. The Pacers on the season are 21st in free throw rate. The Lakers are first in opponent free throw rate. So the Lakers just all of a sudden become an awful free throw fouling team or defending without fouling team. And the Pacers all of a sudden an elite foul drawing team. Like that makes no sense to me. So yeah, that that was that was definitely frustrating. Uh, all right, let's see here. Gene says, "Master Lock Max Christie for the over and back pass to AD." Yeah, I mean that was a really really bad pass. I was really surprised that they didn't immediately take him out of the game. So, kudos for for Darwin. I mean, he got taken out a couple possessions later, but. I thought really outside of that play, I thought Max had a fine game. He, he missed the three, the only three they took out um, in the game. But I thought Max had a uh, had a pretty just all right game. I'm not, I, you know, not too critical. I thought he made some plays defensively, got a steal, had a really nice assist early in the game. But uh, yeah, that over and back play was just such a rookie mistake. Appreciate the super chat from Suits. Uh, Drum Recovery Network says Lou Williams sitting home again. Yeah, you know, I, I heard the Pacers found out that the end season nobody was going to respect the end season tournament championship, so they just decided to shoot twenty seven percent from three and like thirty eight percent from from the floor. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, last few. Joseph says, give me banner 18, Cam Reddish for plus Vando Basham Bros. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, Jonathan T, AD, what a game. Braun was a Braun class. Uh, cla- oh, okay. Braun was a Braun class was in session at Hemothy University tonight, and the defense was superb. Most of all, D'Lo got his lick back and outplayed Bruce Brown. Go Lake show. D'Lo was talking that talk against Bruce Brown. Like, that fired me up. There was a few different moments tonight or in that game that really fired me up. It was D'Lo talking that talk to Bruce Brown. That was one. It was AD showing like the, the, the Kobe just facial expressions. Um, and, and just the, the passion that AD played with in that game is one of the most, you know, one of the few times I've seen AD like play with that much emotion. It, it was really, really fun to see just how passionate AD was in that game, how he felt like he had a, a point to prove, man. I, and I really, really do hope that this translates forward for this Lakers team. Like I said, man, they have all the potential in the world. It's just health and marginal improvements offensively. And there's no reason why this team isn't a contender and one of the best teams in the NBA, in my opinion. But Laker Nation, the Lakers are back in action Tuesday night against the Dallas Mavericks. The Lakers are currently, uh, I want to say, a half a game out of fourth in the Western Conference. Right now, I'm sorry, they're tied for third. So the Lakers have an opportunity to, to break the tie, get climb up to third, improve to 15-9. and nine on the season i don't even the lakers never at any point last season if i recall correctly were five games above 500 definitely not six games above 500 at any point last year so lakers got a massive opportunity on the line here tuesday night they're traveling to dallas it's gonna be a really early start time so get uh, so let's get reacclimated back to regular season basketball but this is fun. I think the NCAA tournament was a massive success. I think it got the basketball community to care about the NBA season a lot earlier because normally I feel like the basketball community doesn't really fully lock in on the NBA season and, and care a ton about it until right around Christmas. Christmas Day is probably the biggest day of the year in the NBA, regular season-wise, in terms of just games and eyeballs on screens. But now they got it. The NCAA tournament was a success. One, because the Lakers won it. And two, because just of how fun it was. There were a bunch of really, really great games. The You had one of the craziest high-scoring games ever in Indiana and Atlanta, where both teams scored 150 points plus. You had LeBron James and multiple superstars say how much, they, how, much how badly they wanted to win this. And the fact that LeBron's the first ever to win the Eastern Tournament Cup MVP, the Lakers are the first ever team to win the Eastern Tournament Championship, it's going to mean a, that much more next season. And, I mean, LeBron is this generation's MJ, like him or not. He's this generation's MJ. So just imagine back in 93, if MJ and the Bulls were the first ever team to win the Eastern Tournament, yeah, I mean, that it's going to have a similar effect, I think, heading into next season and in the future seasons. And you know what, NBA? I would just name the award after him, too. Why not? Just add just add another thing to prop up. Not only kind of prop up your, 
your icon or the face of your organization for the past two decades, but give the tournament more meaning too. So I think that'd be really, really fun and give some of the players a little bit extra to go after the 500k and the NCAA tournament. LeBron James NBA Cup MVP, maybe. I don't know, but Lakers Nation, thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. Back in action, like I said, Tuesday night, taking on the Mavericks. Lakers have a huge opportunity on their hands with the opportunity to potentially get third place in the Western Conference, so being third place in the early goings of the regular season. Chat, let me know, or comments, let me know down below. What do you guys think is the potential of this Lakers team? Am I crazy for saying that this Lakers team could win it all, win an NBA championship, hang Banner 18 this year? Do they need a trade in order to secure Banner 18? Let me know in the comments down below. And as always, subscribe right here. It's the Lakers Station YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell for more. Stay safe, everybody. Go Lake Show. See you guys later.